I, hello everyone, I'm so happy to see you. Look, I, I, undisclosed location, this, no, okay, you, you figured it out already, I'm sure. It's my mom's basement. <laughs> which, which I think, I think means now I have absolute streamer cred. I have now, I am now capable of streaming from the basement in which I learned to type that was like decades ago. It was a manual typewriter because that was just like kind of kind of retro and cool. Even then did all my calculus homework and hid out from, I don't know, parties that were happening upstairs because I was that kind of that kind of high school student. And I'm sure you're eager to find out what it is that we are, say, by vending machine people. And how did we get here? How did we end up streaming in our mother's basements? That's our topic tonight. Welcome. Okay, well, kilts, you found me. We're here. <laughs> How? Did, I mean, I thought, I thought, you know, taking a road trip and ending up at my mom's house, surrounded by horse paraphernalia and stuff, you wouldn't be able to track me down. But here we are. It took you all of two and a half weeks to end up streaming from your mother's bedroom. Oh, I, I know, I know. I just, look, <laughs> all of my all of my professor cred absolutely gone. Here I it's am. Gone. I've gone. I'm surrounded by artifacts from my childhood. I I was thinking, setting up in here, thinking it's like, what did I do in this basement? Oh, I watched a lot of Dallas. I, <laughs> so, we, did, we never got that here. Oh, that was in the seventies, right? This is this is a bit. Well, the house this house was built in the early seventies, and we moved into it soon after that. So it's like we've actually got the shag carpet. I could show you shag carpet. We I'm now <laughs> two week two weeks into the stream. I'm here in my mother's basement. How did you find me? Why why are you so good at hunting me down? Uh, tracking abilities. Pigeons are very good at finding people <laughs> this this i i think is fair right i homing in on me and we are going to talk about oh look an article you wrote <laughs> what, <laughs> what so i i read that you i'm going to show the people because i i want them to make sure to be able to find it you wrote in on on this rather dangerous i mean i thought i was dangerous I'm friends with milo and everything <laughs> you're fr you're writing for andrew torba how did you how did you end up writing on Gab? <laughs> I don't remember very well. <laughs> well, could it have been my what, fault? What? 
Did I? Did I? I think it was. Oh golly! Can I? Can I? Can I pin it on you? Uh, probably. Because <laughs> it's kind of your fault. What did I do? You threw me in the pool. Here, swim, swim. Come on. Yeah. You, this yeah. The, this woman has things that the people need to hear. They need to. They need to. And 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 you wrote this article called "Vending Machine People" that came out in April. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm t- I'm saying even I am a bit challenged by the complexity of the argument here. I, I, it seems to me to have something to do with, let's see, Queen Elizabeth and um, Coca-Cola and yep. uh, Rachel Dolezal and Cleopatra. And uh, I have to look at my notes here. Cause it was like, um, and, I went all over the place. And, and, and Ethiopian <laughs> eunuch uh, that, yep. that, that one, that one was unexpected icons or possibly we're talking about, memes I, I i got a little lost in saying which which one was maybe which probably tolkien i i i could be wrong plus the masons please yep. please can <laughs> can you pigeon who was able to track me down in my mother's basement indeed track me down on all of these streaming platforms that i seem to have set myself up on explain to me how all of those things go together oh god <laughs> Well, look, I mean, I wrote that preparing to go into a concentration camp. So for everyone watching, you know, I was a little stressed and I thought, what the, you know, screw it. I'll just write an article for Andrew Torba and Gab because I'm going to end up in the gulag anyway. So I might as well go down blazing. (laughs) But But the idea behind it. Well, I've been thinking about this kind of thing for about 10 years now. Okay. More than a little over a decade but I haven't really been able to put it all together in that very uh, interesting mosaic that you just described <laughs> until, <laughs> until recently. Um, where shall I start? What is the vending machine person? You want me to start from there? Well, that's so I have, I, I promised that I have some pictures, which you still can't see. So because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm only so tech cool that I forgot to send you the pictures beforehand. So guess what? You just have to do this in the dark or I will, I will describe to you pictures that the people can see and, and that you, mm-hmm. you have seen before yourself. Um, and okay. we, we, we need to figure out how to give them a path through the article. And you, you, yes. I mean, if, I'm showing them Queen Elizabeth right now, but we could start with Coca-Cola. Would you like to start with Coca-Cola mm-hmm. instead? Now sure. they're looking at the people are looking at an ad, which is very McLuhan because it's it's looks like it, Coca-Cola at the time that the ad was written cost five cents, and mm-hmm. it says office lunch, have a Coke, and the people in the picture in the drawing for this ad are all women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there they are in their business outfits. They're all in skirts still. So I think this is, is five cent Coke and they've got their, their sandwiches unwrapped. And there's a little, there's a, there's a funny little description in the copy for the ads explaining that Coke and Coca-Cola are actually the same thing. Interesting. Give it, su- suggesting in fact <clears throat> that it, the slang has started to come in, but these ladies, these ladies know that they can, have a have a have a proper lunch with their Coca Cola, in the office. Yes, like good little drug addict. <laughs> why <laughs> why would you say they're drug addicts? I do actually have some others. I have a, a Victorian Coke ad where there's a woman in a very fancy outfit. She's got feathers in her hair. Coca Cola is still five cents, <laughs> um, but she's holding something that looks like a tea glass, 
and said, and she's wearing pearls and everything. And I, I, as I was surfing around trying to figure out why would you be talking about Coca-Cola and vending machine people and Queen Elizabeth and Cleopatra all in the same article, <laughs> finding out that Coca- not- Coca-Cola was originally marketed as, in fact, a medicine. Mm. Mm. Well, uh, you taught me a lot about sugar Ooh. the last couple of years we've been talking together. Uh, the history of sugar, and uh, I suppose that's the best place to start in terms of why did I focus on the Elizabethans? Because uh, when Queen Lizzie launched her empire, mm. they were searching the planet for uh, drugs. They wanted spices, and they wanted something that was uh, particularly valuable, and that was the sugar. So it got me thinking about this whole. Uh, transportation process of what happens when people are pushed out of the na- their their native homeland to go on a search on a quest for uh for drugs basically mm. and uh and and what what that meant for the british people that were pushed out to go on search the planet for uh elizabeth to get some to get some sugar and spice and all things nice mm. Well, it's it's actually appropriate that the woman in the Coca-Cola ad that I'm showing looks a lot like uh, a sort of later day Queen Elizabeth, right? She's uh, now I'm showing them Queen Elizabeth. Um, she's mm-hmm. got this high neck, and she's got um, sort of lace and pearls, and so I you know, inadvertently did it as, as usual, right? I can flip back between the Victorian Coke and the and the Elizabethan Coke, and they're the same picture. <laughs> <laughs> so what well they are why are they the same picture they're the same picture because it's the same principle behind the two pictures so the the elizabethans uh decided to uh take over the waves they took they took over the ocean so they basically transformed uh the british people into a multinational corporation when they did that Mm. very similar to coca-cola um and uh and, and kind of treated the country uh, as a, an import-export business instead of as uh, Christendom, which had had previously been until uh, good Queen Lizzie decided to uh, raid with the rest of her pirates uh, across the globe. So I, I, I wanted to link that the, the idea in people's minds that uh, essentially what we'd all become was uh, products for this corporate empire. So that's Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. but then, of course, that's us or anyone that's being shuffled around by the uh, the Anglo empire. You said you wrote this when you were in the gulag there. Can you tell, yes. can you tell people more about what, it would, what it's been like in Australia under this, I mean, under the immediate experience but in the conversations you and i've had i realize you have there in australia a much more blunt version of what it's like to recognize that you do not exist as a as a nation yeah we're much more we're much more blunt about this because we are we're we're a far newer country than uh, a lot of the other colonies are australia was only federated in 1901 mm-hmm. so it 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 did not have a lot of time uh, to shake off the colonial mentality before it was plunged into two world wars. And uh, the, the national conversation here, because we've had 
such a, a, a recent federation, two world wars, and then uh, mass migration into the continent, we're still trying to figure out who we are. We don't have a very fixed national mythology about what it means to be Australian right now. Um, the argument that has been going on, of course, has been, you know, about native rights. A lot of people are talking about, you know, Aboriginal sovereignty, whether or not they actually should be classed as British or not and incorporated into the constitution. But people here are uh, so fresh that they're all still arguing about what it actually means to be Australian. So we don't have uh, a discomfort around discussing being a colony uh, that I think maybe uh, other parts of the Anglo uh, Empire do. Uh, we we have so many foreigners here that we we talk about it honestly and openly all the time because old world people that arrive to Australia are very open and honest when they uh, express their opinion that this isn't a real country. And they'll say it very, very bluntly to uh, to Australians that are third, fourth or fifth generation. So that's kind of the, the background to all of this. And then when we had the COVID lockdowns, we had all of these disparate cultures that were suddenly put on lockdown. Um, and I mean, to be honest, it was a living hell living down here for the last two years. I, I don't know how much you want me to get into uh, the, the situation with COVID, but uh, the continent turned into a gulag. And the running joke was that we started out as a penal colony for um, British convicts and we're so, we've sort of returned to our roots. <laughs> but um, it very much felt like that. I mean, it, I was complaining about it. Uh, making jokes about it, of course, but uh, what you all saw on Fox News was like the the slither of icing from the <clears throat> very top of a very terrifying cake. Yeah. Uh, this place is still trying to figure out what it means to be a nation. So. <clears throat> I think the COVID response had a lot to do with that, but I'm not really sure how I can uh, it, connect that to the article necessarily. You'll need to probe me a little bit more. Okay, I've I've I I need I've been trying to turn the chat on while you were talking, and now okay. I have no. I now I've I now I've been playing. I've messed up so badly. I don't know what's going on with. <laughs> no, really, I can't make it stop. Make it stop. I've I've heard this. What have you done? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying. I now I can hear. Now I can hear myself. And I I really need to stop. Just everybody pause. I really don't. I this is this is terrible. <laughs> Just <laughs> did you did you turn us off? What happened? Okay, what I'm doing is I can I can hear the output. Oh. I I can't even see the so chat. This is ha <laughs> See what happens? I start mentioning bloody Australia and things break. <laughs> We're cursed. 
We're cursed. We're cursed. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the you were talking about the 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 vending machine people and the curse. And I can't yeah. I can't make it happened? I can't make it stop <laughs> playing so that I can't hear it. And it everything's broken. Everything's broken. And the problem is I can't tell whether I can't look at the chat right now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna beg for help from Telegram. Telegram, you must tell me what's going on. Someone help. She's having a basic basement crisis. We're stuck. I'm I'm like in a hell loop. I'm I'm in a hell loop. I can't make it stop. <laughs> I can't make it stop. This is hilarious. It's because we talk. It's it's because we've talked about COVID. That's what it is. We're in the hell loop. We've got we've we've talked about COVID, and now we're in the hell loop. And now I can't make it. Yep. I can't make it stop. <laughs> this is this is hysterical. Okay. I feel like we're in lockdowns all over again. I'm triggered. <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> can you mute something okay i think what i'm gonna do is i'm just i'm just gonna i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop the stream and we're gonna start over okay because i can't figure out how to make it stop otherwise so here we go we're gonna stop recording right so that was exciting i they're they're ghosts i swear in my mother's basement that i don't know how to deal with so we're just we're starting all over at least i've got kilts laughing in the background and we're gonna have to re-record what i started with because when this goes up on youtube we actually need to be saying what we were saying but we got haunted by the uatv live stream which i don't know how to look at dev guys you've got to help me figure this out because this is pathetic and, and silly and i just lost all my streaming cred in one go what so I I have reports. I have reports from my Telegram chat, which I can actually look at while I'm also doing this. UATV people, I'm really, really sorry, but I cannot figure out how to pop out the chat without actually also hearing the live stream, which was kind of distracting. Okay, so <laughs> we are here tonight talking about Kiltz's article for Gab. Um, and if any of you out there in YouTube land know Gab, don't know Gab yet, this if this YouTube is out there long enough on Gab, with me mentioning the word Gab, it may not survive. My channel may not survive. So we, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Anyway, <laughs> I I dragged Kilts in and was showing her, trying to talk about pictures that she can't see, which I probably should do better, a little bit better at. Let's just talk about your article. Tell us about what you mean by the vending machine people and what what we need to do to get out of this. And you're going to have to repeat yourself a little bit because we got to re-record this. Okay. Now we're real professionals. Well, we, were we can repeat ourselves and get better <laughs> at it. Yes. Well, you, um, you want to be talking about Coca-Cola and Queen Elizabeth. I did. I did. Talk, so we, talk we, about... We started there. I, talk, I still can do uh, pictures. I can show pictures. Here we go. We're back at the Coca-Cola girl. All right. Good. Sorry. Right, so... Like the whole the whole idea of, of writing this article was trying to show everyone what had happened to the British people, because 
us Aussies have a very different mythology or a very different understanding of the history of how we started out as a country versus the Americans. We have two completely different uh, perceptions of ourselves. And, uh, you know, the, the running joke is that our country was started as a penal colony and it has become a penal colony again in the last <laughs> two years during COVID lockdown. But we are essentially a nation of convicts. We have convict mentality uh, in a lot of ways. So this is kind of like the thread running through the Australian psyche uh, in a lot of ways. And, you know, there's some good and bad about it, but uh, we're not a nation in the sense of the old world in any sense that you would describe nationality. And a lot of people are going to get really pissed off at me for saying this, but Australia was only federated in 1901. And it was federated because of mining interests. That's why they federated the country. Before that, it was a, a collection of, um, of different uh, colonial states, which were governed essentially you know, independently of one another. Um, and everyone that was down here, I mean, they jumped down here after uh, they were transported as convicts for a gold rush and whatever else they were wanting to do. But... 1901 was federation and then we got pushed into two world wars and then we were exposed to mass the mass migration of you know the globalizing 1960s 1970s kind of anglo-american empire vision of the world so when you talk to australians and you ask them what does it mean to be an australian you're going to get like 50,000 different versions of what that means mm. except for the convict story and when old world migrants that are here are talking about what it means to be, you know, in this country, I mean, especially the Mediterranean people, which I'll talk about a lot because I grew up with them, but they will say very openly that this is not a real country. So I grew up hearing this. So what do they mean? We have a, a question. Wait, I can take questions in, te in my Telegram <clears> channel. <throat> if you all are watching on UATV and you want to like comment, I can get the questions in Telegram. Um, Casey's asking... If the recent immigrants to Australia don't see it as a real country, what did they think they were immigrating to? And I think I think maybe what, what can you break down these categories, right? Because we're in effect. It's it's nice that yep. your article was on Gab because Torba's Andrew Torba's about to publish this book on Christian nationalism, and this is actually what we're yep. talking about. It's like the vending machine people are not something that we hope not. people can understand and become. Th which almost fits in this category of Christian nationalism, but it's not quite the same, um, maybe as as what um, Torbus been talking about. So, break down a bit more. What what's, what does yeah. it mean not to be a country? What is it? How can you how can you immigrate to something that wasn't it isn't actually a country? Well, uh, the people that migrated here, they migrated to an economic zone. Right. They migrated to an economic system. They didn't migrate to a country. In the vision of the Mediterranean old world people that came here, they left somewhere that had a very uh, strong sense of identity and a very deep tradition in terms of their ethnic uh, group. Mm -hmm. So I mean, the first example I'll give is the Greeks because they're who I grew up with. But if you talk to Greeks, you'll talk to them and they've invented everything. You'll, you will not shut them up in a conversation about Greece, Greek culture, Hel uh, Hellenistic, anything. So sitting down with Greek people as a kid, as I did, and then talking to them about being an Aussie, they laughed because in the Greek mind, 
it was like talking to someone who was just born who's about 3000 years old like mm. you know that's kind of how it how it felt they're elves them to they sound like they're elves <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> it was like talking to elves <laughs> i remember they're very i was there <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's exactly it they're very amused by uh, Australians that get defensive about that as well, because and, and Australians do get very defensive. The Anglo-Celtic Australians get very defensive about it, um, which betrays an inferiority complex. Mm. But uh, the um, the Greeks thought it was hilarious that this would even be considered a real nation when it had only been federated in 1901. I mean, for them, that's not enough time to even make up a national dish, and the the funny thing is australia doesn't have a national language there's no there's no official language of australia we all speak english but it's not the it's not the national language if you look it up right now you'll see that there is no official language of australia so greek speak greek italian speak italian hungarian speak uh hungarian australian speak english by accident it seems but there is no formal uh language here so they, these kinds of things are what I'm thinking of uh, when I'm thinking about how this place is developing and, and what's going on here. Um, so the people that came over here, they came for uh, economic benefit and they were very honest about it, which I appreciated. They weren't, uh, they weren't lying. I mean, Europe was smashed during the wars and everybody was plunged into poverty. They wanted new opportunities. So they came down here and they did very well. Um, but uh, what it was was a kind of uh, look who's coming to dinner experience and instead of Sidney Poitier it was uh, Costa and his you know cousin Ilias mm. uh, and their Savlaki truck I mean it was exactly the same in my mind exactly the same clash of civilizations that the Americans describe when they talk about uh, white versus black in the States. Mm. So that's kind of where the article's coming from. I'm stewing over all of these things and thinking about it, thinking about the ethnic tensions that I grew up with, which are completely different to the ethnic tensions that are existing in America, with some similarities with differences, and then trying to figure out exactly what it means to um, be an Australian and then following the thread and going back to the mothership of Britain. <laughs> so that's actually, the, we, we had our catastrophe with not, my not being able to see the chat. I have people, welcome to the, my Telegram chat for those of you who are showing up. Um, that in the in the aborted version of my intro here, I did actually say that, that there, 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 was, there, was, there was a complicated mosaic in Kiltz's article, um, the Gab article, and that it, it, it included these various elements from Queen Elizabeth to the Coca-Cola, which the vending machine is like we buy Cokes out of them, right? That we're buying soda, sodas yeah. and, and everything else. Um, that you had some very interesting things about race in the United States because of Rachel Dolezal and what, what, you know, what kind of claim she's making about what it means to be black or white. And you're you're mentioning yeah. the Greeks, and we're you know that we're bringing in sort of where where does in fact ethnicity come from? What do we mean by that when we're talking about it? Um, the 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 Ethiopian eunuch, the 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 icons and memes, and that in your understanding, and and I I mean it's we've been working in for some months, some years now, you and me trying to unpack some of this, and now we're trying to express it outside of our conversation. Um, 
but yes. for you, it, it's all started. It, it, I think it, it's really helpful to, to for people to hear it because when you wrote it for Gab, you're writing it for the American audience, and in the conversation yes. that we've been in, in in about what's what's nationalism, you know, what what's ethnicity. Weirdly enough, most Americans, I think, will assume that the Australian story is basically the same as ours, only a little bit delayed. Yes. And and you're saying it's it's it's, it's not. not. It's in fact different, and the contrast. No is what helps you see certain things in American culture um, I, I don't know, more more vividly than, than you were saying we we seem to be able to from your ob- observing of us. I think outsiders have the have the benefit of that kind of perspective because we're not myopic. I don't have prejudices when I'm looking at the American uh, situation because I don't have to deal with the emotions that are behind it. So I can study it uh, in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because I haven't been integrated into white culture, I don't have the same view of myself that people in America would have if they looked at me. So for this reason, I think it gives me the benefit of being able to do a little bit of an autopsy on the American situation because uh, I didn't grow up white. Uh, I have a completely different understanding of ethnicity than most Americans do because of where I grew up and who I grew up with. And, uh, it frees me a little bit from having to abide by your taboos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel the kind of sensitivity that a lot of people do. Um, so, you know, I, I needed to share this because I've been in trouble from a lot of leftists here in Australia that I've known when I've said, oh, I'm an, uh, you know, I'm a nationalist. And they'll say, oh, you're a fucking fascist. Well, they, right? I mean, we get called fascist too. But in Yeah. <clears throat> It doesn't mean the same thing. Well, I mean, I don't know, but because I don't care, because they're assuming, well, they're they're making an assumption then on what kind of nation I want to be a part of. And because the leftists don't have any ability to look at history the way that, you know, you or I are looking at it, they're being indoctrinated by the Americanism mm-hmm. and throwing something on me that doesn't exist because they're being indoctrinated by the American mentality where I have not been indoctrinated by this. So if I use the word nationalism, a lot of people will instantly say, okay, so she's like a white nationalist. (laughs) Hilarious. Or they'll, they'll assume that the nation I'm talking about is the, you know, the one that they would place me in when they first see me, but they don't realize that all I mean by that is that I'm acknowledging the nations exist. The Greeks are a nation. They arrived here. They don't want to give up being Greek. The Italians arrived here. They don't want to give up being Italian. But something happened to those people when they arrived in Australia. We've had a different kind of ethnogenesis here. And it's something that has happened here that has not happened in America. It didn't happen in America. So I wanted to talk about that with everybody because if the Americans are having this conversation now about Christian nationalism and what that really means, and I'm staring at it from across the Pacific, I'm hearing a lot of things which are resonating and then some things which make me want to vomit because I think you're you're missing out on some opportunities to unpack what happened to the Anglo order, why it's, it's collapsed so catastrophically. Right. Um, you know, 
So I tried to put a lot of that into the article, but of course my influences are so disparate. It was a very difficult thing to kind of pack into a linear uh, blog format. Um, yes, well, the thing is, I think yeah. I, hearing, hearing you talk about it now, I think we're starting to get to the place where people are going to be able to to get the threads. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> I mean, and now they can see you, and you say, okay, look at you, look at look at you, and from the outside, and make all sorts of assumptions about yeah. you know your own self identity based on your skin color and and your speaking English and that you're female and, and yep. stuff like that and you you I mean, that now, now you today. are after after your gender reveal in in, in the live streams and the yeah. I, I think you need to sort of back up and say some more things about why you how can you not have grown up white what what does that mean in in your understanding um i'm i'm showing sure. on screen the art, the image of Rachel Dolezal that was in the the art, the Gab article with one of the famous pictures of of Cleopatra where she's um you know got a leopard and and a, a slave woman and she's looking at some slaves whom she, who are dead whom she's been testing medicines on <laughs> and <laughs> that you make a very interesting article about Rachel Dolezal that I think would startle a lot of people and that fits with what you, you're trying to make an argument about what kind of ethnicity are we even talking about if we're going back to Greece or if we're going back to Egypt yeah. and how Cleopatra helps you. Uh, she's a sort of meme of herself, how you can unpack some, maybe if we can understand Cleopatra, we can start unpacking some of the things that don't make since ethnically in the present and yet which and they're because they're using categories that aren't even i mean they're not even historical in 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 very complicated ways so a bit more about why you what how yes. can you say you're not white in an australian context and what that gives sure. what that enables you to see in the american claims okay so for the Americans that are that are watching this, maybe people from Europe or whatever, but non-Australians, there was something in Australia called the White Australia Policy, which was enforced very strictly. And I forget the date. I think it was like 63. They phased it out, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I'm not a historian. I don't care about the date. <laughs> Rachel's... You live Rachel's in dream time, and I can't. I, I, I've lost all my professorial <laughs> abilities tonight. I'm I'm just, I'm just here streaming. <laughs> I don't live in a chronological continent, so it doesn't, like, the date isn't relevant. We, and I'll explain that another time, but, like, okay, so we had white Australia policy, and then this basically meant that only white migration was permissible in the Australian continent for the entire uh, history of British migration to Australia. But the interesting thing about the white Australia policy is that also excluded continental Europeans from migrating here because they were considered not white. And I don't so know if continental meaning German, French, German, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, Greek, all of the Balkans people, all Russia. I mean, anybody, the Finno-Ugrics, no Hungarians, no Romanians, no, nah, nobody. Dutch, no. You so who counted as white? 
Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Protestants. Protestant. Oh, not Catholics. Catholic yes. Catholics were not white under the white Australia policy. They had been classed, uh, I think, as a kind of uh, we'll incorporate you a little bit because we look. We had a really interesting tension down here between the Irish Catholics and the Whig Protestants that were the ruling class of the colonial Australian experiment. Um, the Whigs were the progressives. You know, they, these are the free market. They want they you know they they want everything to be like how everybody kind of wants everything to go back to. And they considered Irish Catholics to be the scum of the earth. Um, so there was an enormous amount of tension here for a very long time between the, uh, the Celtic uh, Catholic population of Australia and, and the Protestant Whigs. And they smoothed it out just enough to allow everybody to be, you know, kind of comfortable. But uh, they had absolutely no intention of letting any other Catholic populations mm. into the Australian continent. Um, why that is, we can get into that another time. I've got my theories, but uh, for for everyone watching, uh, the blonde, blue-eyed Greeks from Ionia would have been considered to be non-white under that policy. They were very much considered non-white. And when the policy drops... The first people that they brought into the country were uh, blonde, blue-eyed Baltics, who were still considered non-white. The government decided to bring them in because they looked just white enough that they would be able to warm up the Australians to the concept of non-white migration. Mm. So when I use the term white now, I'm using it as an Australian and I'm not using it as an American. So this is how I can say I'm not white. And this is why I get pissed off when Americans call me white, because I'm not. Mm. Only in America. Because if I went to America and I stepped foot on U.S. soil, I would lose my ethnic identity immediately because you guys have a completely different understanding of uh, ethnic groups than we do. Well, to a certain extent, it's hard to say whether Americans have, I mean, well, which ethnic groups we think we know about and which mm -hmm. ones we don't. And what I'm conscious of Sitting here in my mother's basement, looking at a a picture of a picture that my it's a it's a sketch that the um, uh, base did where my grandfather was stationed after World War II as one of the doctors, and there's so long doc, and it's the Her the Herzo base um, is near Nuremberg. The Germans don't really have an ethnicity here in the United States anymore, mm, um, and and and. Uh, if I told you my mother's maiden name, then you'd see we were German. You know, both both my mom and my dad have German ancestry, quite recent, but no Americans talk about that. So I think I think in in the sense of like what counts as white, what counts as not white, the erasure mm -hmm. of our German ancestry is quite telling. It's very interesting because uh, they would not have they were not permitted to migrate here under that policy. So it's very difficult having conversations then uh, on the internet for me, and I've tried to do it for the last couple of years, to provoke everybody to think about it in a different way because, you know, uh, you start talking about white Germans, and I I, I find that very amusing. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, were, they were not. They were not uh, counted as such under the colonial system here. So yeah, you guys have some uh, undercover crowds 
rolling around. Well, I think they're, they're, <laughs> it's not so much they're, that they're counted as uh, they're not counted as wasp, obviously, because they're white. Mm-hmm. Ang- they're not Anglo-Saxons, but they're and they came to the United States and you know the region where my family's from, the Midwest, is mainly German. But it it's 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 a bit it's a vanished ethnicity, thanks to the World Wars. Interesting. Do you think they were? They, do you think they were very desperate to assimilate? I think. Do you think they? The, well, this this is off topic of your of your particular argument about the the vending machine mm-hmm. people, but they were uh, the propaganda in World War One uh, meant that they they had to. Mm. So Casey's asking, how were German, Lutheran Germans viewed in Australia? Are there any Lutheran Germans in Australia? I mean, sure now, but not a, not a significant number. The, the most significant, you know, the, the most significant uh, minority, if you, if you would call them a minority, because I don't think they would even be a minority now, but they would be the Mediterranean Catholics that arrived, mm-hmm. including the Orthodox Catholics. Okay, so it sounds there's a there's a white a, a Australia policy which is mm-hmm. to I mean it's 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 called it was called white Australia. Yep. Yep. But it is actually ethnically defined because it's excluding most every ethnicity other than English. Yes. So why don't they call it English? It's a good question. <laughs> um <laughs> uh Australians are very uncomfortable about having religious conversations. Mm. And I think that comes from the Whig domination of the continent. Like I would I, I would I would want you to talk about the Whigs more than I would be able to talk about the Whigs. But they set this place up as a kind of progressive utopia. Like this was the enlightenment on steroids. Mm. This was the place where all of the old world religious bullshit wasn't going to have any influence on the econ- economic development. Okay. They were really not concerned at all with integrating religion into public life. Um, so I think that's potentially why the focus was on color and not on, uh, on uh, religion. I think that's why. That's my theory. My idea at the moment. You you said something in there that now I want to, I want to hold on to again. They they can't say English because they would have to acknowledge the religious basis of the <laughs> of the, the 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 prejudices that they have. Mm-hmm. Which certainly I'm showing Elizabeth again. Certainly goes back yes. to the 16th century when you know among other things Elizabeth and her propaganda makes sure that you hate the Catholics as much as possible, particularly the Spanish. Yes. So, I mean, to, to what extent is this, you're saying it's Whig, or is it English, to what extent is this white Australia policy a continuation of this English vilification of everybody else since the 16th century? But, it, I mean, it, then it's interesting the United States hasn't played quite that game, You guys, uh, yeah, you had, I mean, like you, you set things up a little differently too. I, I, I don't think of America and instantly think convict. 
<laughs> Maybe in Georgia. <laughs> Georgia famously so, kind of was. Right? Yes. Okay. So, convict. You're you're yeah. you're you're a convict and you're an economic plantation and that's it. I think yeah yeah I I really do I do think that uh, that this place was set up as the you know the the trash bin for British refuse. And then they struck gold and realized that there was a lot of stuff in the ground that they could exploit. And that sort of took off from there. But there was not really any intention of having uh, a serious crack at civilization um, because they did the they did the development here without uh, without any of the elements that were required to develop the British Isles, namely Catholic religion. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the giant <laughs> elephant in the room that we're trying to get people to understand and, and to persuade them of it you know you realize we're, we're absolutely attacking well it's it's all free traders <laughs> um, yes piracy well and, piracy. and the pirates i mean we could explain elizabeth and her pirates um more fully um but also just i think maybe to, to really bring home this idea of if you have nothing but here we are an economic development zone here we'll, we'll bring in the convicts and we'll put them to work building stuff or yes. hurting sheep or creating creating economic output for us you end up with I mean no ethnicity and no no nation no I'm I mean it's quite painful to say this now because I've watched what's happened to the country over the last two years. Mm. And I don't like to kick a dog when it's down, but Australia needs to have a very, very honest look at itself in order to get out of the mess that it's created. Because they, and I say they, because I feel very outside of it at the moment, but also I want to look at it from the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, Australians are importing the old world constantly. They're importing foreign elements into Australia, not realizing that while they're doing this, it means that there is a challenge to them that they're going to have to eventually face the old world that they left. Um, and it, I think a lot of people resist doing that. It's, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing because then you, you suddenly realize, hold on a second, I didn't grow up in a, I didn't grow up in a nation. What? I didn't grow up in a country. I grew up in a colony. Uh, not everyone had the benefit that I had of just being, you know, weaned on Hellenists. Mm -hmm. It's, it's. I, I mean, I, I got a very thick skin after my first, you know, 12 months around Greek grandmothers where they're constantly telling me that, you know, uh, you, you're a baby, it's fine, we'll cook for you, we'll, we'll teach you how to be civilised. <laughs> But we why, will civilize you. But why did the Greeks? I mean, they, you, you're being civilized by Greeks that are in Australia. Why do they have yes. a? Why do they have a claim to be having a culture? Why does in England? What, what happened to English culture that there's no English culture to be grounding this nation in? I mean, I think I, mm. you know, I think the United States has a. We have this thing that we're going to talk about. Oh, the founding fathers or the, the way. I mean. Vox in his in his discussions often saying you know the posterity that their constitution is talking about is the English, and I, mm. I you know I I other than that we're speaking English, 
you and I right now and, you know, the conversation that's going on in the United States about nationalism, how much yeah. English are we? But where is where is the English culture? It's it. it I mean, this this it's sort of abstracting out from mm. the stuff that we're doing in Dragon Common Room. But to to say is in fact is there nothing but the 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 vending machine in English culture? Is that it? Well, I made the argument that the that the English had abandoned the church, the Apostolic Church. My my argument was that the English had a monasticism, which breathed life into English life, mm. and the monasticism in England breathed a kind of spiritual oxygen into the English, um, and then the Elizabethans cut off the oxygen supply because they raided the monasteries, they shut everything down, they they trashed Catholic English identity and became Protestants, and then launched out into the ocean. The Greeks, on the other hand, that were civilizing me were explaining to me that first off, they still have monastics. They brag constantly about going, you know, on, on trips back home to go and visit Mount Athos. Mm. Uh, they have a deep respect for their monks and their clergy, the patriarchy of the church, the orthodoxy of Greece, I mean, Greece is orthodoxy. You cannot have Greece without orthodoxy. And this is this is the kind of uh, resonance that I, I, I'm starting to understand. Okay, so we have this uh, population of people that have brought over with them like a massive connection to a spirituality that's been with them since Christ's time. Do my people my people have this do the australians have this right no what do they have oh holy shit it's vb they've got bad beer and football <laughs> Fuck. you know like and then i started thinking well what were they before what were we before surely it wasn't always like this then you know if you if you turn backwards you start to realize this is a kind of uh this is like a post-catastrophic social collapse uh, state of being mm. where I'm sitting with the Greeks who have a very clear understanding of who they are and then, you know, they're, they're talking about their church and all of this kind of stuff. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the contrast. Like if I say, okay, I speak English, uh, I've got a connection to England because I speak English and I grew up in an English colony it sort of stops there because I don't, you know, I don't see how the English people are breathing oxygen into their nation uh, because they they cut off the supply in the Elizabethan era. So that's kind of where I'm getting into it. Like what the Elizabethans actually did to the country set the stage for the entire empire afterwards and the way that they interacted with all of their colonial subjects, including the Celtic people, which is something that most people will never have a discussion about, especially in terms of uh, race. But people don't consider Celtics to be colonial subjects, subjugated and oppressed the same way that they'll consider other oppressed demographics to be oppressed 
And I find it very interesting that they're not included in that class because they don't speak Celtic languages now, they speak English. So there's just a, like all of these different elements that were kind of bubbling around that I tried to, to get into. I went on a weird tangent then, but... Well, no, the thing is, I've, I, th- I think you're still unpacking... This is this is so it's so very Joycean and the River Run and the, the <laughs> that we have to keep no we have to keep telling the story and layering over it and and unpacking it and pointing in another direction because the um it it's it's like the we've we've lost all of these threads and all of the storylines that we've been trying mm-hmm. to live according to have all become all they've all started unraveling. It's it's all I mean it's, so our so my stream unraveled and I got multiple in my in my in my head tonight I had multiple soundtracks and I couldn't make them stop and that's so like if our if our, you know the, when we were talking about the ark and the radio for speaking to God and it was about doing our sound test and tonight it's which story am I in if I if I'm back here in my yeah. mom's house and I'm trying to figure out how to to get out into a new story and it it starts somewhere in I mean, if you look behind me, it's I'm actually surrounded by my a lot of my stepfather's um, um, old pi- pictures and things. He had horses, and we're surrounded by in in this part of the country the non-history that the United States has because it's in the middle of the flyover country, right? It's in the middle of the West. It's in the middle of of nobody mm-hmm. lives here. The Anglo's have only lived here for as long as my family's lived here. Um, coming in the late 19th century with the railroads and and so forth, and you're saying, who am I? Where do I belong? What story am I am I supposed to be in? And I, you know, I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up Presbyterian, as everybody knows, because I keep talking about it. But surrounded by mm-hmm. Catholics who were Spanish, the 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 you know the Spanish mm-hmm. Catholics in in New Mexico, the the Spanish Catholics in you know in Texas, and it's like we're breaking through to all of these stories all at the same time and it's very very difficult to figure out which one to 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 hang on to and say this is this is our story it's 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 the it's we're definitely in that kind of dream time in the culture and you know i've been trying to figure out how to unpack them in my medieval studies but i never know where to start i never know do i start with you start at the at the at the the, the the oldest part of the story do you start it where i started in the story do you start it how the current historiography was created in the 19th century when do where in what place in the mosaic do we hang on to and i mean i guess i in 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 these in these in these conversations we're hoping to help people come to some place where we started realizing how to be able to tell it but it it constantly does the the river run recirculation yes well cuz cuz we're having a crisis of mythology oh, yes. it's not a political it's not a political crisis right. in my opinion it's a mythological crisis because everything we're building as human beings is based on mythology yes and if People are sort of wondering, okay, why is she saying that? It's because, okay, you've got ancient empires. Obviously, the Greeks were all about their Greek myths, but that's how they developed that identity around who who they were, where they came from, what it meant to be Greek, what it meant to be Trojan, you know, like all of these kinds of different elements that were infused in their mythology. 
then the Romans, they start talking about what does it mean to be Roman? Well, what, what do we have? We've got the national myth of Rome with the founding of Rome. You've got Romulus and Remus and they come over and, you know, there's, uh, there's the story of how they're raised uh, by a she-wolf and et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so everybody needs mythology. The human psyche runs on it. The problem is, as far as I could see here, we have a, a vacuum of mythology. We actually have nothing. So we're filling it with all of these different ideologies, mm -hmm. all of these different political ideas, because we're desperately scrambling for the oxygen of having a myth that explains where the fuck we came right. from. My ancestors, I now know, had a very clear understanding of who they were and where they came from because of the mythology that they had and because of the stories that they were telling about themselves. And if I repeat these myths in current year, people laugh and think you're, you've gone nuts. But somebody like Rachel Dolezal understands this very, very clearly because she is, <laughs> she's doing what Europeans were doing a very long time ago. It's just that the majority of the new worlders don't know history. They don't know mythology. So they go, hold on a second. This woman is grifting. She's pretending to be black. She hates her color. She hates her race. She hates herself. She's clearly like a confused leftist. Um, you know, like, you know, she's crazy, right? Whereas I, I was looking at her and thinking, oh my God, there's another one. Finally. Like I would be friends with her in a second. I want to talk to her. I want four hours with Rachel Dolls at Picker Brains because I can tell you, I know for a fact, doc, that she would have been looking at the same things I was looking at. So that takes us to the Cleopatra element, which is why in, why in God's name New Worlders don't see Europe with Africa together. They don't, they don't see the connection between Europe and Africa. The Greeks do, and the Greeks have always seen the connection between Europe and Africa. So, yeah, you asked me before about Cleopatra. Right. Uh, I, I wanted to get to that point eventually because the... The crisis now is like, how do you define yourself? And everyone that is calling themselves a nationalist, they're clinging to all of the 19th century nationalism. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, da, 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 da. Right. But it's, it's not really working the same way because we're in a different sort of experience now. So I'm, I'm like kind of trolling back a little further than the 19th century. We go back to like Elizabethan times. And I thought, no, 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 we go back further. We need to go back to biblical times to really understand how this works properly. Um, well, you will be amused yeah. that I'm showing on screen right now an obelisk. Yes! <laughs> in Washington. <laughs> and and mm -hmm. so it's a, you know, the 19th century mythologies that were supposed, the, the, the 19th century mythologies that are supposed <clears throat> to be pointing to the enlightened mythology. Egypt's there all the time. And yet yeah. we have this, what we're supposed to be talking about ourselves being as people with this skin color, we're primarily European. And yet, you know, the great monument to the founder of our nation, George Washington, is an obelisk. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And, <laughs> and, 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 the, and, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the game that you and I have, have played a lot and that we're trying to show people in the poetry is... We're constantly finding out that the 
or it it what Jonathan Pajot says is you know, symbolism happens. Uh, that you're you're mm-hmm. sudden you're suddenly realize that you're you've been in this story all along. The symbols have been out there and active and and show. And if you could see them, you've been being pointed to the rest of the story. But it's like we've got blinders on. We've got blinkers on so that we're only seeing. I mean, in in the the the, the MAGA conversation it's the particular vision of empire that develops you know with the united states of america and the constitution and the flag and the and the you know military expansion i mean i'm also i told you my the picture that i can see right now is my grandfather serving in world war ii as a doctor in germany mm-hmm. after the the um uh allied victory and saying sort of which 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 of these stories are we in well we've been in the egypt one all along look there's the there's the myth right there in the then the monument built to our first president it's an obelisk yep <laughs> you're in egypt you're in the new egypt we're in the egypt somehow the yeah. united states i mean rachel dolezal as can you explain i'll put her back up can you explain yeah, why sure. you would um, Sorry, uh, put her with Cleopatra? What tell me? Tell us about Cleopatra and why this this makes sense as a okay, myth, both a myth and a, a a recognition of the kind of story that we're actually in. Okay, so um, for anyone who hasn't read the you know the history of the Ptolemaic dynasty. Uh, Macedonian Greeks conquered Egypt and then established themselves as the ruling house. Cleopatra was Greek. She wasn't (laughs) ethnically Egyptian. Uh, But she became Egyptian. I mean, she was Egyptian in the sense that the Greeks invaded Egypt and they went native. They brought a lot of the Hellenic culture with them, but they went native as fuck. And by the time Cleopatra rolled around... She was wearing Egyptian clothing. She was speaking a variation of the Egyptian language. They had integrated themselves in the cult worship of the Egyptian deities. I mean, like it. We're talking about complete fusion with the the conquered uh, the conquered culture. So the Greeks were extremely comfortable going native. They had absolutely no qualms about this in terms of the stories they told themselves in, in their mythology as well. But there was a, I, I think this is where like this uh, sense of superiority comes in. They were so confident in themselves as a people that they were more than willing to go and take over a new area and absorb the culture of the area that they just conquered without feeling like they cupped themselves. Mm. So modern right-wing people would be like, oh, Rachel Dolezal, you know, she's, like, abandoned her race and she's totally cucked and she's got all these crazy ideas about, you know, that she's black and whatever. But what she's doing is exactly what the Ptolemaics did. She's grown up in an environment where you've got a lot of people, which are, you know, you guys call them African-Americans. Her siblings are African-American. So she's grown up. Black siblings. Then, as far as I know, she married a black man. So we got an African husband, African American husband. So I'm assuming the children are African Americans. So I'm doing the mathematics. I'm doing the ancient mathematics about in terms of the Egyptian model, and I'm thinking, uh, uh, 
one plus one equals two. The woman's African-American in terms of how the ancient world would have viewed her. Only in the modern uh, Anglo-American empire is she considered a heretic of a race on both sides. And this mm. is a weird thing. I'm not like just hating on white people, <laughs> but I find it really fascinating that people got really angry with her about it. That, you know, she was like, oh, um, public enemy number one for like a week because she dared to claim an ethnic identity that people refused to acknowledge besides the NAACP fraud, because obviously she got paid for this, which does make it a grift, unfortunately. Beyond all of that, all she's done is establish an ethnic identity with the people that she's closest to in her life, that she loves and that she's married into. So I, I don't see this as transgressive at all. I just see it as normal. But uh, because people don't know about what happened in Egypt, they don't know about what happened in Africa, they don't know about the, the interactions between the Greek world and the African world, they sort of consider this to be a, a mental illness instead of really healthy uh, embracing of the culture that you've married into. So this is where I see it. And it, it I love that woman. <laughs> well, I realized I, I'd collected in my head, I'd collected more pictures for tonight than I'd actually filled in set into I've, I've my stream, my stream world streaming is off. I've first, I was showing just now a, a profile of Cleopatra, which is interesting because it's a painted Vern and she's got red hair. Um, I, mm. I think she actually the, the Ptolemies didn't actually intermarry with the the Egyptians. They 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 married each other. So she a lot of incest, a lot of incest, <laughs> a lot of incest. But in her um, formal imperial or uh, pharaonic representations, now I'm showing her with her son, and she looks like Isis. Yes. Um, there's some other pictures if you look you know look in the Wikipedia entry of her as a pharaoh so she's dressed as a man because they represent like hat suit as a pharaoh that, that they'll show the pharaoh regardless of whether it was a man or a woman as a man so she has Cleopatra has all of these she's she's actually a redhead and <laughs> she's actually Greek but she's also the pharaoh of Egypt and is therefore represented, you know, formally as 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 both. And yeah. the, you know, the, the, what's interesting about her in the, the the picture that I was showing with her, um, supposedly these nineteenth century paintings where she's, you know, an Oriental despot killing off her slaves with with practice poisons. The the vision that we have from the 19th century exoticism of the east doesn't fit with what the ptolemies themselves were and therefore when you know the roman when caesar and antony come and, and want to marry her they don't they they see a queen that they want to have children with and claim authority authority with not mix a mix of you know what kind of race mixing there even go would be even going on there it, they don't fit any of mm -hmm. the categories that we use in our present conversations which of course makes both you and me impatient with arguments that say well why are why aren't we looking at the northern european countries and that's who we truly are and it's like what does that even mean by the time you've mm -hmm. you've um traced all of the stories back into and then and then we have it's like 
and and you know, can you explain to me why Washington is represented with an obelisk? If you want me to explain, no, well, I can. I mean, you can explain, but can one explain? And now you will explain why. <laughs> why do we have an obelisk as the the monument to our founding English president? Because Freemasons love Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we got to the Freemasons. I mean, like, That's great. Yeah, because Freemasons love Egypt. Occultists love Egypt. It's like it, you know, it's the mothership of all of all, of all mystery, civilizations. Mystery yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so that's why you've got an obelisk there, because uh, the 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 model of uh, civilization itself is Egypt, which is African. Which is another thing that I find funny when everyone's talking about the the history of the uh, you know race IQ development and you know we'll get into the argument over were, were the Egyptians white I think they were white they weren't black you idiots you have to abandon your understanding of what these terms mean in terms of the history of that continent the history of the populations that were there and the you know everything that was developed in the Coptic mentality. You're talking about an empire that even from its very beginning was pulling all of these different people from all over the place into one uh, national identity that ran along the Nile. So they all looked different. They, they had a sense of who they were based on their language and their, you know, their religious practices. And even now, uh, you'll see Egyptians that they'll go from, I mean, uh, redheaded looking Ptolemaic style Egyptians to like a very, very dark coffee colored, uh, more, you know, traditionally Ethiopic looking peoples. Um, but they, they have absolutely no issue with this because in, in their minds, it's, you know, I'm Egyptian. Right. Um, so, but the, it's been like that for thousands and thousands of thousands of years. So, uh, in, in terms of like the the occult religions and the, and the the magic system that was practiced, the Freemasons loved it. So yeah, you get a Washington Dick monument uh, <laughs> because but, uh, but they see the you know, they see all, the it's all about the fertility. Yes, the strength is, is an Osiris monument. Yes, um, that they they see. Sorry, Doc, I can't hear you. 